0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello and welcome to Tampa Tantrum. I really don't know what episode it is, but I don't think it matters um, because it's going out soon. And um, it's one of those ones where Colin's not here, um, but I'm joined by somebody far more interesting and far more uh, knowledgeable than him because he's just bluffing his way what I know about running a coffee shop you could write that in a leaflet Um, but I'm joined by Hannah Davis hello Hannah
1: Hello. Um,
0: I'm sure many people have met you on the travels but for the one person that hasn't met you um, tell us a little bit about who you are
1: Okay. uh, So I've been working in the coffee industry for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm one of those ones that was around when we were making the big frothy cappuccinos back in the day. Well, I love Um, frothy coffee. It's (laughs) lovely. I'm not one of those young baristas who never got to experience that (laughs) life. Uh, So yeah, I've been around for about 10 years. I've uh, worked on bar and as a coffee trainer for many years. And then... In the past couple of years, got into running events, and now I work for the SCA in the events department, yeah.
0: So, I want to rewind, because to, I, I only know you from kind of your Bewley days, really, mm-hmm. where you were doing training, and um, you were, you were involved in sales as well, weren't you, there, with uh, a team of people just
1: training yeah I was the training yeah. manager for the UK when they moved over from Ireland to UK to kind of set up, so.
0: so let me rewind to when you were a barista, Where? What, what kind of places were you working in with the frothy coffee because I, I mean Manchester has a great scene now and I yeah. think we'll talk about that a little bit later on but like I don't remember much of a scene pre kind of six years ago seven years ago
1: Yeah, no, I I don't think there was one. I wasn't in Manchester at that time. I um, got into working in coffee after I graduated from university, actually, um, in Liverpool. So my first job when I graduated just ended up being in a coffee shop and I worked for Sam Towell at Bald Street Coffee. Oh, okay. Mm. So that explains...
0: So I know Sam from like 2006. I think it started when he was yeah. working with Transition, yeah. uh, which was an event company where they kind of just managed mm-hmm. to get into all of the cool gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who don't know Sam, he's a proper legend. Like he is just <laughs> he's quiet and thoughtful, but super smart. Like yeah. he, he doesn't make lots of noise, but what he does makes lots of noise, if that makes sense. Noise by action more than voice.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you were in Liverpool, and then um, how did you get into training? Because I'm always intrigued by like people falling into the training jobs. Because yeah. it's like, what at what point do you swap over from learning to training to teaching, you know?
1: Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, my first training job was with just a kind of a national company that wholesaled coffee. They didn't roast it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a step up from being behind the bar you know it's like what am I going to do next or I don't want to you know if you move into a management role you're less involved with coffee I wanted to do more coffee I wanted to learn more coffee um so yeah it was just kind of a natural step to do that but I didn't have a clue what I was doing (laughs) you know I'd never been a trainer of anything I just ended up all of a sudden having to teach people how to make coffee it's yeah yeah it took me a long time to get good at that.
0: And it's funny, that time, That time, I think, of, like... So, going on to when you got, we're kind of working with Beaulies, so it was mm. a time where there was actually... There was a, a group of people there mm-hmm. who kind of did go on to kind of really flourish and yeah. kind of shine. I'm thinking, um, you know, people... Like, Sonali was somebody who you worked yeah. with. And... Uh, what's his name? I'm thinking... know, oh, he's still there now. Um, Howard Barber. Howard, yeah. You know, and, and, Adita,
1: and Adita. Adita and, and all these
0: people. Like, what... what what was it like? Because that was something brand new going from... like, I know the company was already... Bewley's came in and bought... Um, Bolling. Bollings. Yeah. And <laughs> the worst with names at the minute. My head is spinning. But um, how was that? Because that must have been quite an exciting time with all of the changes and...
1: Yeah, I mean, I came in after they bought Bolling, in fact. <laughs> so um, I didn't really go through that merge as such. Yeah. Um, I was always aware of, like, Bolling and Grumpy Mule from... Like years before, the first time I competed in UKBC, I'd used bowling and coffee. Like, so to me, that was always like, Oh, I'm going to work for them. It was a cool thing, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they Bewley's had just come in at that point, so they were still growing a lot and they were growing the training team. Um, and yeah, we were hiring good people, like you know, Sonali and Anadita. So yeah, it was an exciting time, but there was. I don't know, we we were all excited by a lot of other things as well, you know, it didn't last long, that period. Yeah, Yeah,
0: no, it was, Um, it was. And then your current role, kind of fast-forwarding a little bit, mm -hmm. is with um, SCA, I'm not allowed to call it SCAE anymore, uh, because we've been aggressively took over. It's Uh, quicker.
1: (laughs) You're saving time now.
0: Oh, what will I do with that whole second every time (laughs) I say it? Um, But no, like, so so how, how did that role come around?
1: Um, that came from I attended Barista Camp in 2015, mm-hmm. and um, was kind of badgered by Andrew Tolly to run for the elections for the Barista Guild of Europe Working Group. Yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, why not? You know, I, you know, I, mean, I like getting involved in things, um, and yeah, and I was successful, and I got a place on the working group, um, and that was awesome. It was great to meet like all the people who'd already been on it, like Jen and Andrew and Dale. And um, I just casually said, actually, in conversation with Jen, like, I wish this was my job. <laughs> and she, was like, she said, well, it could be, you know, like, Issa is potentially looking for staff at some point. And, and then when the job came up, yeah, I went for it and, yeah, I got it. And it, it obviously it's a massive change in direction from being a trainer and managing a whole team of people to working on events. <laughs> but, we'll, defi- we'll
0: definitely come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, while I'm thinking of events... Um, London Coffee Festival has just happened mm-hmm. uh, did you go?
1: I did I was there for two days yeah. and, and what did you think?
0: like what what's your, what's your take on, on what's happening there?
1: Um, I think it's incredible the, the amount of people that come there like you know on an international scale is just amazing um it like for me it's just a really great opportunity to just connect with people who I haven't seen in a while or people who I spend a lot of time emailing with that I've never met before you know it's like a really good positive networking opportunity Um, I can see for other people that it's a great opportunity to use certain machines and things like that you know depending on what your kind of sector is in the industry. Um, but it, yeah, it's hectic, it's full on. <laughs> Do you think it would be improved with air conditioning? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Jeez, that yeah. place is
0: hot. Yeah. No needs to be that hot. Yeah. It's but, crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, is. I only spent the Saturday there. So, so Saturday we, we had a stand for the first time mm-hmm. at the festival with Chemex, um, you know, like you promoting the Chemex stuff and I only did the Saturday and that was enough I was done like it was really hard and it was really packed and probably too packed and I know it's not a trade show so it shouldn't have a trade show feel it's a Mm -hmm. festival but I think it's taken a little bit too far with how many people are forced into the spaces it's very uncomfortable
1: yeah Um, it's a challenge because I think you kind of lose some of the uh, quality time that you want to have with these people you know and and they lose it as well they what, probably want to speak to you, but the, the chances of them getting a minute is, is, is slim. <laughs> so yeah.
0: no, it re- I mean yeah. it really is that way. Yeah. I mean the reason I ask you that is because obviously you're involved with the Manchester uh, mm-hmm. Festival here, Cup North.
1: Yeah.
0: And like, why did you do that when there's already a festival an hour and a half, two hours on the train from here?
1: Um, for a number of reasons. I guess the biggest one was that I thought Manchester and the North in general, I guess, was doing a lot of cool things. We had a lot to offer, and I wanted to give those people, like, a platform to be able to show off what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I knew a lot of those people couldn't afford to be at a London Coffee Festival. They didn't want to for whatever reason. I just wanted to create, like, a safe space for them to come and, like, show what they were doing. Um, and, yeah, and, like, I'm just obviously involved in that scene, so... You, you know I'm leading you
0: into that question, and not questioning that it's actually really <laughs> worthwhile and useful, because like um, you, you, I, we were talking off, off microphone uh, earlier, like mm-hmm. how impressed I am with what Cup North has become mm-hmm. and, and how, how much it does with what is essentially a really small team. I mean, how many people are involved in making the festival happen?
1: Just me and Ricardo, yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Again I know this
0: and I'm leading you down that one, but that is ridiculous. How yeah. do two people manage to pull an event like that together? Because that's that must be so much of your life.
1: It is a lot, yeah. It's a lot of evenings, especially when it gets close to the event. Um, but it's yeah, this year it feels like the first year where it's getting a bit easier. <laughs> like, we yeah. finally got, like, a template that really works and we're kind of, like, and we're already ahead of the game. We're on a lot of planning this year, so...
0: And are you um, going for the same venue again? Because I know that the first time it wasn't in the venue that it's mm-hmm. been in the last couple of times and you kind of changed it a little yeah. bit. Yeah,
1: no, we're going for the same this year, so that's why it feels a little bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: logistics <laughs> of getting into somewhere and doing something is much easier when you've done it a couple of times, isn't yeah. it? for sure yeah so like how much of your personal time and ricardo's personal time of course Mm -hmm. goes into making that happen i mean how many man hours would you say that go into making that a thing
1: i wouldn't like to think really i mean like (laughs) it's not something i've ever sat down and analyzed i probably should (laughs) um i would say close to the event like you know maybe Three or four solid evenings a week yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it gets, it gets to be a lot but
0: and um, this isn't I mean you're not making millions from this are you you no. know it's, <laughs> it's more of a labor of love than oh, a, sure. the, than yeah. a, a profit generating kind of yeah. like Tampa tantrum you know that this yeah. is... A, it's, a, it's a labor of love more than uh, you know you ever make any money from it yeah. I, wh- what do you think cup North has had effect on the Manchester coffee scene because <clears throat> from an outsider looking in I see it as an incredibly positive thing it's actually raised it onto a different platform but do you feel it's achieved the things that you started to when you first set out with it
1: um yeah I mean for the Manchester scene I'm not saying it's down to us but since we started the festival the you know the coffee shops have grown there's you know far more than there were then I mean that would have naturally happened anyway at some point but mm. I, I think that the festival has helped we get so many people from cafes not just in Manchester but in the north who are looking at opening a cafe and they come to the festival and they like we always get really nice feedback from them saying that they met their roaster there or they like you know they're just totally inspired by by the event and that's really like what it's all about for us it's just kind of providing that opportunity for the local community to be able to develop and like feeling like they've got someone they can connect with who's on the same page as them and yeah
0: so, like, if you could, when you first started, obviously, I'm sure there were a few mistakes and things that didn't go as smoothly as you wanted. Like, if you could, like, rewind to that time, knowing now what, you know, knowing then what you know now, what's the one biggest thing you've learned from running a festival? Oh,
1: that's a big question. It is a huge <laughs> question. Um, I think. I've learned a lot about the finances actually and there's things I wish I'd done differently from the start Um, it's hard to go back when you kind of set yourself at a certain you know level Um, yeah I mean in the first year we uh, we we had a lot of issues with the building that we used and uh, we had people like carrying ridiculously heavy coffee machines or flights of stairs (laughs) so you know just little things like that you know you just you know that next time you're in an event it's going to be on the
0: ground floor <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. so um, you came up with the idea you invited roasters along and coffee shops and mm-hmm. machine manufacturers and all of those things but like how did you get people to come along so hey i, I what i'm interested in is like how you build that community because that's probably the hardest thing to, it's very easy to phone up an espresso machine manufacturer and say do you want to stand it'll be this much and they go wow that's a lot cheaper than London Coffee Festival fantastic stick your name down and they'll give it a go Mm -hmm. Um, but how do you get the people to come how do you build that community
1: yeah I mean that's something that we're still like learning on that is marketing is tough and it's something which requires a lot of time and and money as you know Um, and that's where I think we often that's something that we're uh, we could be much better at. Um, so, yeah, just reaching those people is a challenge. Um, we've, it's important to us that we're not just reaching the industry. Like, we're well-known in the industry. People know that what yeah. we're doing. So, for us, it's about reaching the people in the coffee shops, those kind of coffee lovers, you know, in inverted commas. Like, the people, in even in Starbucks, we want to get them to come to our event and see what we're doing. Like, that's a big part of it is educating, like, consumers. And it's kind of like...
0: <coughs> like my my love of London Coffee Festival is very well known out there. Mm-hmm. And, but the one thing they've done extremely well is yeah. to get punters off the street through yeah. the doors. Yeah. And, it, and it is impressive. But, like, your numbers, like, well, from, again, I don't know your numbers, I'm looking from the outside, really. It seems like they've been growing and growing and more interest and more people are coming through the door and yeah. a wider demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I'm super interested in, like, what's been the key to getting those numbers to keep going, is it just longevity, is it just being about and more people talking about it or is it something you've actively sought to do
1: well I think yeah I mean obviously repeat consecutive years but then last year with the name change so in the first couple of years we called ourselves Cup North Mm. um, and then last year we rebranded as Manchester Coffee Festival Um, there
0: was still a bit of Cup North in there wasn't uh, yeah brought to you by Cup North yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: and uh, we doubled ticket sales last year so I think that it's a much easier sell, you know. If you've got a poster that says Manchester Coffee Festival on it, oh, people will be like, oh yeah, coffee festival sounds great. If they look at something that says Cup North, they're gonna be like, what's that, you know? Yes. So we've just tried to make it a lot easier to get those like, you know, outsiders in. And what kind of people
0: would, like, from what's changed, if anything, from the people who exhibited the first time to the kind of people who are exhibiting there? Has there been any change in that? Has it become more consumer-focused because of that name change? Or is it...?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had, last year we had a much broader range of businesses, like more kind of small wares, um, which we didn't sort of have in the first year. It was just like a room full of roasters. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of important to us, we need to like balance this out a bit to make it better for everyone, and, you know, the visitors and for the roasters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had like more small wares companies last year, like keep cup and people like that. Um I'm trying to think if there was, <clears throat> yeah, and we've just tried to fill it out with more, like activities I suppose that mm. you know people can engage
0: with while they're at the event. Mm. Okay, so I don't know how to word this one. I don't want to offend okay. because I think you're an amazing event organiser. No,
1: that's fine. I can but, take criticism. No
0: no it's not criticism at all. It's something that intrigues me. So we've got Jen, who runs Tampa Tantrum, it mm-hmm. was a barista behind the bar and suddenly became an events organiser. Mm-hmm. And you've got somebody like yourself that is a barista trainer and all of a sudden became an events organiser. I think of Cindy Chang who was a barista who yeah. became an events organiser. What is it with baristas becoming event organisers? <laughs> like, how do you make that leap from there to there? It's I, I, I don't understand it because I've seen mm. these successful and, and very much successful female baristas suddenly
1: yeah.
0: organising stuff that, like, you've no right to do
1: that, Like how did you get there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess when you work in a cafe, you have to be a jack-of-all-trades. You know, a barista has to be good at a lot of different things, and that's what events organising is like. It's just being good at, like, organising lots of different things and keeping control of all these different things, which is exactly what being a barista is like, I suppose. So it's like, you know, transferable skills, and it's, it's still like a people role, you know. I still get to be around people, and like... And when you're a barista, the joy of it is giving someone something good that they love, you know, give them that coffee. And you see, that's so rewarding, isn't it? Mm. And with events, it's the same. You're just creating something which people love and um, you're giving them this amazing experience. I mean, somebody
0: else <laughs> really important off that list as well. Issa. <laughs> Issa, yeah. So I ESA think is about Issa as you were e- saying Issa's done exactly the same yeah. role from it. I just, I just find it really interesting mm. that, like, and so it seems like guy baristas become roasters <laughs> and female baristas become a organisers. Come on Steve,
1: not everyone. I'm, no, I'm going to be
0: stereotypical. Yeah. I'm going to paint oh, everyone no. with the same brush because that's what I do.
1: Um, Where's Jen?
0: <laughs> a long way away and she left me on my own into her own thoughts. She brought it on herself. Um, which kind of leads me into the next part I wanted to go to. It's kind of like the BGE and your role within those uh, within that mm-hmm. and how SCA, SCA I, see, I didn't do the SCA <laughs> well uh, unification uh, what, have you felt any changes from what you were doing before mm-hmm. like when the clock struck midnight and we all changed to the next day like what yeah. kind of really been different
1: um, I, well I guess there's kind of two perspectives um, from a kind of just a coffee person perspective it's like there's a lot going on with you know globally where you can see that things are unifying for, for members and um, the education systems are coming together um, all the events etc and then personally um, at the association my job is changing so I'm transitioning from working alongside sir on the guilds to working in the events department so things are changing quite a lot for me there. So how does that differ from what
0: uh, WCE are doing with their events? Because obviously what they're World going. Coffee events. Yeah. So how does your role fit in yeah. with World Coffee events and then SCA events?
1: Right, so I will work mainly on the Barista Guild events. So okay. That will be my role. So I'm still... So US guild, with the well, kind of US
0: chapter of the Barista Guild, because I'm guessing it's going to have to kind of almost be chaptered, isn't it?
1: Kind of, yeah. yeah. There will be one Guild, yeah, eventually by next year I think yeah. there will be one Guild, but um, Will there be yeah, two, will there be two be, events? There will still be two events, okay. yeah, and I will work on the European events.
0: Yeah. Oh, just the European events? You won't be working on the American events?
1: Uh, no, I mean I might be involved in some way, but yeah. I'm not going to be responsible for yeah. them. Yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. I just thought of a barista that does events that isn't a woman. <laughs> go on. Stephen Maloney at oh, uh, yeah. Bristol League. <laughs> See, there we go. There's a, so, so my stereotype is absolutely shattered.
1: <laughs> I can think of <laughs> other female roasters as well. <laughs> no,
0: I can't. None. None of them at all. Not that we're baristas.
1: Mm. Taylor Brown.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 in a negative way. I'm kind of, I'm trying to element like. I, I, yeah, actually, I can right. think of a few now. Now I'm starting to. Jeez, I've dug myself a hole. That's great. I'm going to be slammed on the Twitter now. <laughs> yeah. It's Good job, nobody checks I'm Twitter. I'm going to
1: start
0: it. Go for it. Go for it. That's fine. Um, so what's oh, what, what's the future of? Like I'm kind of we're kind of wrapping up a little bit because I think we're we're coming towards it. Like the future of Baristica what can people start expect from this unified beast? That's going to be better than it was before because we've been sold the dream of unification is better. Mm-hmm. And I actually am, I am warming to the idea that actually I think the aggressive takeover has been good. Um, <laughs> No, no I, th- I do I, th- I, feel, I feel it's becoming much more polished and professional yeah, and, you know like everything seems to be pulling together and I yeah. like the way that everybody's kind of finding the middle ground And mm-hmm. it, I'm kind of getting to see a little bit inside from the Roasters Guild from um, n- not because I'm having any involvement but just because of conversations that I keep having with Joanna about what's yeah. happening there and stuff so yeah. like what's the positive then what's the future for, for Barista Guild of the yeah. SCA I
1: guess I mean, we're lucky because the Barista Guild of America have been around for a lot longer than the Barista Guild of Europe, yeah. so they have a lot of experience um, and they already had this kind of very structured format for their committees, um, which we're adopting in Europe now yeah. as well and uh, will adopt when we unify. Um, so yeah, that, that gives us a lot of strength in, in their experience. Um, Additionally, just, yeah, I mean, strengthen in in different experiences, different cultures. We have a lot to learn from one another. Um, Yeah, and, you know, in events as well, you know, maybe they do an event that we could use in Europe, maybe they can take something from us and we can, like, switch that around a bit. Um, But it's important that we don't lose our, kind of, local offering as well, like, it's really key to us that we're still offering that and that we... Um, consider like the local cultures, which is really important in Europe because you know we're faced with different cultures in every country, you know, and, and different languages. And, and languages I think, yeah, languages, yeah, yeah, it's like such a big part of it. So, um, yeah, we still have to retain that as we grow, but also we have this extra benefit of all these cool new people to work with, and uh, yeah. And that's the thing is
0: the SCAA like have got the old SCAA because mm-hmm. you know with the A on. Um, I've got so many cool people working within their organisation you know and yeah. I kind of look at the, who, who's part of that mm-hmm. it's great that we can actually just start pooling those resources and yeah. European side too you know yeah. you kind of you forget that actually we've got some really good people involved too and mm-hmm. just because they're there you know mm-hmm. but I mean I'm sure the SCAA you're feeling the same that all of a sudden we've got these pooling of resources and we can do much more coordinated work going yeah. forward um, your chance to push up North, because I know it's a little way off, but um, <laughs> when, when, when can we expect the dates to be...
1: The dates are, releasing. The dates the tickets are released. Tickets are already on sale, actually. Okay. So it's the fourth and fifth of November, cool. usual weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bonfire we night. Fire? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We've, we still haven't done fireworks. One maybe this year is the year. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't think fire and a bunch of roasters is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> roasters yeah. tend not to light the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe not. Um, but yeah, we'll be back with all the usual fun. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, you guys with Tampa tantrum uh, doing the. Uh, Be competition again. very excited I think like it
0: was great last year, like we we, had all, we, we, did, we kind of rushed like we went oh, we got this idea and we didn 't give people enough time to enter yeah. I'm really hoping this time we get loads more enter the bash
1: yeah.
0: yeah that yeah. 's the word <laughs> um, and like I'm always, i 'm always I really enjoy the event I missed the first one, and i 'm so gutted because we were in. We were in Taiwan, I think it was, when doing yeah. the, the, the the Asia tour with WCE at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but like, I'm, i managed to come yeah. to the the, yeah. la- the last two, and yeah, it, I, last. See, I don't know. I just feel it's it kind of every time I come, it feels a little bit bigger and a little bit more mm-hmm. polished, and I'm excited. So give us the website address.
1: Okay, yeah, you can find us at ManchesterCoffeeFest.com. Right, yes.
0: and we will put that in the show notes um, below.
1: Fantastic. Thank you.
0: Um, Fantastic, what you're doing, Hannah. I've been, wanted you to be on this for absolutely ages. Um, well, it's been just because you are, like, I'm a I,
1: real coffee person
0: now. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Like, I really wouldn't. Like this, this means, this means nothing. I do it every week, and I'm not a real coffee person, but. I'm so impressed by what you did. You kind of saw a gap and just went, I'm going to do this. And London Coffee Festival has the might of Allegra behind it with all of its money and all of its marketing budget and all of its sponsors. And you just went, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it here. And you did it. Um, I'm always super impressed by the people that just roll up their sleeves and go, I'm just going to do it. And I think you've done that better than anybody. Manchester scene exactly. is... is yeah. The northern scene is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been a disconnect between, uh, you know, the, the M25 circle of, like, London coffee and the yeah. rest of the UK coffee. And it's things like Cup North that are making us all catch up, so you should be... And I'm sure you are incredibly prepared of the work you've done, but I'm, I'm, I want more. Give me more. <laughs> Give me more. Um, I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. And Barista girl, I'm, I'm watching with interest from, from yeah. afar. I think it's... Uh, It's going to be one of those things that will be either the making of it or the killing of it. And uh,
1: no, the making. No,
0: I'm. I'm I'm, I'm being positive. I'm being positive about the whole. um, And I'm sure it will be. I think it's. Um, interesting times ahead mm-hmm. for, for the coffee industry as a whole because of the this whole coming together of two superpowers well it's not really coming together it's more an aggressive takeover of a smaller, <laughs> smaller power
1: no we're equal
0: no, <laughs> uh, no it, that doesn't fit fulfil my narrative okay exactly. <laughs> I have an ongoing narrative come on no, thank you for joining me um, oh, we better go and do that event hadn't we and, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah
0: uh, uh, but really events. really grateful that you could join me and um, thank you lot for listening. Why am I looking at the microphone when I say thank you <laughs> lot for
1: listening? Bye. Yeah, yeah, bye everybody. <laughs> Over and out. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.